0: I'd like all lead couples, visionary elders, to stand with your wife, if you wouldn't mind. Also, if you're going to plant a church in the next 12 months, could you stand with your wife if you're married? I just want to speak over your life. This is an equip, not a conference. It's an equip. I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for your partnership from your first day till now. For some of you, I look around, for some of you, it's been 20, 30 years longer. Uh, For some of you more recently, but I want to thank you for your partnership. We really appreciate you. Let me just declare that what God started in you, He will complete. I've called you out to remind you that you're called by God and not by man or through man. Galatians 1.1. You're called by God. So listen to your confidence, people who love you and respect you, never your critics because your critics are your worst or least qualified people to speak into your life. Leaders, I declare Jehovah El Roy over you, the God who sees. Remember, He hasn't ghosted you. He sees you. He's got His eye on you. Look around you. You're not alone. Don't do life or ministry on your own. If you want to run fast, go alone. If you want to run far, then work in team. Pastor, trust people implicitly unless their character or the Holy Spirit says otherwise. Lead people out of your call. Never lead people out of their commitment. You call a prayer meeting, you turn up regardless if God's told you to. You lead out of your call, not ever people's commitment. Teach your people to respond out of conviction. Never out of church culture or zeal. Right now, some of you may be, even after an incredible week of ministry, you might feel poured out like a drink offering. Let me encourage you to live in Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22, to live in that river, because in that river, it produces fruit every month. I have such an admiration for pastors Because pastors show up week after week, some of them preaching to the same faces week after week, month after month. Can we applaud them, please? That... That river... That river in Ezekiel 47 produces fruit every month. You stay in that river, you'll know what to preach every month, no problem. And it's full of the tree of life, which produces leaves every month. And the the leaves are for healing of the nations. It'll help you stay outward focused. I believe pastor, leader that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Your best years are ahead. Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you. We thank you for all the lampstands represented here, both leading in Australia, locally, and across the world. Father, we pray that you'd bless them and keep them, that you'd turn your face towards them and give them your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Can you put your hand on your heart? Father, I. can you pray this prayer? If you've got a conviction to pray it, Father, I open my heart tonight. Will you move me supernaturally towards all you have for me? In Jesus' name. Amen. Our theme this whole week has been ready, set, and go. So we're going to continue with that theme tonight and just look at it from a slightly different angle. Uh, can I just say from the outset, it's so good to be in Lycott, Sydney, New South Wales. Uh, Sydney has a very special place in my heart. Uh, I got radically saved here, just two kilometers up the road in a suburb called Petersham, and that journey, life has been, in that journey, life has just been incredible serving the purposes of God. I met my wife in Sydney. She was a manly chick, surfy chick from Manly. Where is she? Can you stand up? Woo! 30, 49 years right there. Our two daughters were born here. Um, And incidentally, the pastor who led me to Christ, just up the road, um, found out that there was a move of God in the early 30s in Sunshine in Melbourne. Sunshine being a suburb of Melbourne And he and his wife got on a train, went down from Kiev, Sydney, to to Melbourne. Um, He was a Baptist pastor, got filled with the Spirit, uh, and came back to Sydney, told his congregation uh, that he'd been filled with the Spirit, and he got kicked out of the Baptist Union. Some weeks later, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, the Apostle of Faith, they called him, was preaching just down the road in Redfern. And so Philip Brandon Duncan, my old pastor, and his wife, Molly Duncan, went to Redfern to the meeting. At the end of the meeting, went forward to just get some counsel from Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth grabbed his hand, prophesied over him, and he said, Go and plant a church! So he did, with a coworker, one of his mates here in Sydney. And that was the birth of the Assemblies of God across Australia. When Philip Brandon Duncan, we used to call him PB, I got saved at the age of 20. When he shook my hand when I first met him, he wouldn't let go my hand. He shook it firmly. He played for St. George Rugby, football, uh, footy club, rugby league club. He was a tough nugget. He wouldn't let go my hand. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, Do you know Jesus? And uh, I knew I was on my way to hell. I knew. Because I was living in hell at the time. A new immigrant came to Australia on my own, caught a ship from Durban Harbour to Australia, to Sydney. When he said to me, do you know Jesus? I didn't want to lie to him because I thought my theology at the time, the ground will open up and I drop down a rabbit hole. I said, no, I don't know Jesus. Uh, 24 hours later, he led me to Christ. I got filled with the Spirit and baptized in water all in that next day. It's amazing how a destiny and trajectory of someone's life can be changed just by you showing showing some kindness and shaking someone's hand. Smith Wigglesworth shook his hand, prophesied over him. He shook my hand and spoke over my life. And the rest is history. Never downplay your testimony. Regardless, can we turn to Numbers 32, and we're going to read seven verses out of Numbers uh, 32, and I'm reading out of the NRV, and for sake of time, I'll just read ahead, and it says, The Reubenites and Gadites, who had very large herds and flocks, Saw that the lands of Gaza and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to all the leaders of the community and said and mentioned all these names Atara, Dibon, Jazar, Namra, Heshbon, Elilah, Sebam, Nebu, Shandabah, Be Shanda. Beyond, Beyond. Please be. Please be prayerful what names you give your kids. (laughs) And they said, The land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable. This is what they said to, to Moses. Are suitable for livestock. And your servants have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, Let this land be given to your servant. As a possession. Do not make us cross over the Jordan. Moses said to the Gadites and the Reubenites. Should your fellow Israelites go to war. While you sit here. Put another way. Who said you can sit this one out. I want to speak around. The heart that God has for every t- tribe, every tongue, to be reached with the gospel. And according to Matthew twenty four fourteen, and I quote Jesus, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Those of you that are caught up with end times, get into the nations, and you'll see Jesus' return come quicker. In Numbers 32, this is a profound moment in the history of the children of Israel from their exile in Egypt for generations, lived as generation as slaves. Now they have an opportunity to move into the more of God by crossing the Jordan into the land which the Lord was giving them. You know, Jesus will always back any covenantal promise that he makes with his character and purpose. Covenant simply means forfeiting the right to give up. All it will take is obedience to his promise with some get up and go and some much needed vision. Something that the Gadites and the Reubenites were lacking. This was a kingdom moment for these two tribes to break camp with some old thinking patterns, receive a larger inheritance through their simple obedience to God's prophetic voice through Moses. You see, vision is simply the ability to see the impossible and the invisible. However, these two tribes decided to sit this one out. And the question Moses asked them was, who said you can sit this one out? Moses used stern language to these two tribes who clearly had been given the green light to break camp and move into all their God-given inheritance. The Gadites. And the tribe of Reuben struggled with what some of the church for centuries have struggled with, looking at what they have instead of what the Lord of the harvest has promised them. In other words, two tribes living in the moment rather than like the sons of Issachar reading the room. Living prophetically of what still is to come to pass, a great inheritance than the one that they were walking in. you see with Jesus folk, there's always more. you, you can't deconstruct your faith because it 's never been constructed correctly in the first place. If you building if you building on Jesus. The cornerstone, then everything, the cornerstone is the first stone that's laid in a building, and everything out from the cornerstone is measured out. The church today can't, with any integrity, sit this one out when the Lord of the harvest has given us a clear commandment to go into all the world, make disciples. Of nations, you see, participation in what God is doing and saying is never optional for the child of God, rather, it's imperative. These tribes eventually died in the desert, never moving into all of God's prophetic promises for them. Which leads me to Psalm 84, verse 5 and 7, and I quote. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go, who? Pilgrims. They go from strength to strength. Till so each before to, uh, to, uh, appears before God in Zion. You and I are pilgrims just passing through this life. And we want to take as many sons to glory with us. The Amplified Bible puts verse 5 of Psalm 84 this way. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart, in whose heart, are the very highways to Zion. I trust that's your heart tonight. You see, apostolic people have the very highways of God etched in their hearts. They are pilgrim people, never a settling down and take the easy route or sit this one out type people. See, even... King David took the easy route. He became complacent when clearly God, the Holy Spirit, had other plans for him, the conquering of new nations, the opening up of new territories for the kingdom's sake. In 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab. With the king's men and the whole Israelite army, they destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. David decided to sit this one out. Lead elder, lead from the front. Don't sit this one out. Take teams with you to the nations. Look for a Barnabas or a Silas or a young Zuma like Timothy. Train them on the job. God is stirring the church. We found out in 2020, February 2020, how we built. When the tide went out with the advent of COVID, they say, you only know who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. <laughs> Some 35,000. And I think it's an old stat. I, was, I heard recently from Tyron, 39,000 churches across the states, the United States, have shut their doors never to open again. See, remember, people who have vision and therefore reason to get out of bed each day, do things out of a devotion for Jesus, never a duty. If going to the nations is a duty, you've lost the plot. It's all out of a devotion for Jesus. Because the master, the captain of our salvation said, go into all the world. That was a command, not a suggestion. You know, the Zuma and millennial generation are looking for something bigger than themselves. Open doors for them by modeling what the scriptures command. Yes, yes. Leader, teach the next generation. We've been talking about the next generation, and gener- God is a generational God. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, etc. Teach the next generation that are spending way too much time in the metaverse that are finding a perfect escape in video games that increases their dopamine, but doesn't prepare them for real life. You fight fake dragons for fake territories, for fake rewards. They hijack your meaning for life. Time is short, people, time is short young people the tiktok app is called tiktok it's called tiktok for good reason because it's stealing your time it's tick tok tick tok tick Talk stealing your time. Stealing your time. Joanna, where's Joanna? Come, Joanna. Can someone give her can someone give her a mic? Come Joanna, come up here. I want Joanna to pray for all the millennials and the Zoomers. Come, Joanna. She prayed so passionately. Yeah, give her a hand. Why don't we honour the next generation and stand while a young Zuma prays for them? Next generation of the church, the future of the church. Go for it.
1: Jesus, Lord, that you would have all the glory, Lord, and all the power and all dominion, Lord. We, um, yeah, we surrender. like Gen Z and all the younger people, all the youth of Australia and of the world, Lord. Would you just set them afire, Lord?
0: Yes. Get them off their
1: phones, Lord. Let them see you face to face, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus, show them your holiness, Lord, because that's what changes us, Lord. When we see you face to face, Lord, that's what changes us. Yes. Lord, thank you, Jesus.
0: Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Lord,
1: for pure worship, Lord. Beautiful, yes. Pure worship to rise up, Lord. That, yes, um, thank you, Yeah, Father. And leaders as well, Lord. Yes. Leaders to lead the next generation and the generation after that, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you that there's no fear in perfect love. Lord, that we wouldn't be scared to tell our friends, to tell our family members, Lord, that we would just rise up and be so confident that you would break out in our unis, Lord, in our schools, Lord, in our churches, in our homes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, that you would have all the glory and all the power, Lord, because you are so holy and you are so good. You're such a good father, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks,
0: Joanna. (laughs) Woo! Zoomers, Zoomers, invest your life in things that will outlive you. I'll say that again. Invest your life in things that will outlive you. The Holy Spirit wants you to be a disruptor and an influencer for Him. Jesus is looking for Caleb's. Like Caleb of old, Book of Numbers, Caleb followed Jesus wholeheartedly. What an opportunity to to do something meaningful in life by helping turn a, a whole culture around by presenting the author of life himself to a generation that's going down the drain who've lost their rudder in life, who've lost their identity, In many instances, and in some instances are very confused. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants the next generation to be agents of change, not ones who declare, no thanks, I'll sit this one out, thank you. The message of the cross should move us with compassion when we see the the new generation coming through, losing its way like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is still the desire. He's the darling of heaven. He's the desire of all nations. And the doors are open in many nations. But maybe not for long. I love what John Wesley was quoted as saying. If the world is not your parish, then your local locale, your parish, should become your world. Remember, you and I don't decide our future. We decide our habits, and our habits decide our future. Tonight's the night to change some of our habits. You see, if you give someone something to live for, then they'll truly live Just look at Jesus' 12 disciples as a case in point. If I may, let me ask you a question. What will stop you from attempting to sit this one out when God calls you to break camp, when He says you've dwelt, church, you've dwelt long enough at this mountain? Can I put five reasons and there might be far more? What will stop you? From attempting to sit out going to the nations and changing a generation. I believe number one, a new love and passion for the unchurched and unreached nations. Number two, a larger vision. Number three, a new respect for the Word of God. Number four, a new love for Jesus. Number five, a consistent Prayer life. Ask yourself that question tonight why am I sitting this one out? Right through the week, I've heard in prayer meetings people praying Isaiah chapter six, and I just smiled. Let's put a microscope on Isaiah the prophet's life in Isaiah chapter six. You know the story. Many of you that are preachers here, you preach in Isaiah chapter 6. It commences with, I see the Lord high and lifted up, and His train fills the temple. The angels cry, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. I saw the Lord, Isaiah says, sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Isaiah looked up, and when he looked up, he saw Jesus. He saw supernatural activity in heaven. He declared then, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. You see, when we invite God into our world, he quickly reveals what our world looks like. Isaiah was clearly a prayerful man, living in the river of God. That river that I spoke about at the top that had a tree of life growing on the side of the banks that bore fruit every month and produced leaves for the healing of the nations. Whilst in prayer, Isaiah hears a voice saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Say us. Us. You see, the whole... The whole trinity is involved in sending. Isaiah's quick response was, here am I, send me. The question is, where do you go, you may ask? Well, Jesus will show you. Just be persistent in looking up and staying in the river. Ask the Holy Spirit to enlarge the borders of your tent That's where you're living spiritually at the moment. Ask Him to reveal people groups to you. Operate out of revelation. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 that he received this gospel not through man but by revelation of Jesus Christ. And and then in Galatians 2 verse 2 he says, I went down to Jerusalem by revelation. Start operating by revelation, people. Don't wait for invites to the nations. Work in team. Don't travel alone. Live healed. Leviticus 21, verse 16, 17, and verse 20. It's an interesting cameo of what really um, Moses... The Lord speaks to Moses, and he says this. Speak to Aaron, saying, No man of your descendants... He's talking of the priesthood. You and I are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. we all priests. We just have different roles. And he says... Tell Aaron, speak to Aaron, no man of your descendants in succeeding generations who has any defect may approach to offer the bread of his God. In other words, and then he says in verse 20, anyone with this various other defects and anyone with a scab. Now a scab is an unhealed wound. Keep short accounts. Live healed. Keep short accounts with people. Don't let an unhealed wound, i.e. an offense, stop you or stop your growth as a priest and ultimately causing you to sit this one out because I'm hurt. Live to forgive. You know, the measure of the revelation of the cross will be the measure you are able to forgive. Jesus said, those that have sinned more, love more. Whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Live healed. Because when you go to the nations, you're going to get squeezed. Tough in some, some, some third world nations when you squeeze what's in you will come out God the Holy Spirit has called us as an apostolic people that's in our DNA don't lose your apostolicity I was in the army as a kid well 18 year old sorry sorry zoomers and we were taught to march in the army and you know from time to time when you're marching uh, you may, for some reason, not thinking when you're told, quick, march. And, of course, you start off the left foot. And there's the odd occasion where the guy in front of you started off on the right foot, and that throws you out, and you, you're sort of doing this. When you're out of step in the army, all you need to do is, as you're marching, is just do a little skip and get back into the rhythm. Yes. just It's very easy to walk in the spirit. you just got to be God-focused. Oh it's not the see Repentance simply means a change of mind. Oh no wonder Paul wrote to the Italians here in Lycott, and he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh just get back into step, folks. Don't complicate life. Very quick, great Australian story that affected hundreds of millions across this beautiful planet of ours, millions across Australia at the turn of the century, this 21st century. People saw the fruit of a man displayed on the iconic Sydney Harbour Bridge. And it was about a man called Arthur Stace, an illiterate and alcoholic, uh, a petty thief who lived in Sydney, who got radically saved in the early 30s in a church just down the road in Broadway. Arthur Stace heard a preacher declare, Oh, that I could shout eternity over Sydney. Arthur Stace was illiterate. He couldn't read or write. But miraculously, he learned to pen the word eternity in a beautiful copper plate writing. From that point on, Arthur would get up each morning here in Sydney at 4 a.m. with a piece of yellow chalk in his pocket and walk all around this area, all around the suburbs, the inner suburbs of Sydney as far as Parramatta and write the word eternity in beautiful copper plate script on the pavement. He was captured... When he got saved, he was captured with the word eternity. He'd been living in hell for years. As a nation, as we celebrated the the seeing in, the welcoming in of the new century, Arthur's copperplate writing of eternity was displayed on our iconic harbor bridge for the world to see. He lived. Arthur lived for what would outlive him. Folk, live for what will outlive you. Arthur did one thing, and he did it well. But he could have sat this one out. It's this. The prophet Moses asked his people many generations ago, shall your countrymen, Go to war while you sit this one out. I believe Jesus is asking all of us the same question tonight. Folk, let's break camp. Maybe you've dwelt long enough with the same mindset when it comes to the nations about stepping out of your comfort zone. Tonight's the night because The nations, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that the islands are waiting for His word. Let's break camp. Let's get to the nations because Jesus remains the desire of all nations. Can we stand and I'd like to pray for you. bow our heads for a moment. It's been such an incredible week. If the Holy Spirit has moved your heart and affection in this direction, God's been convicting you to be more intentional and to make a change, to reach beyond the walls of your Jerusalem. And Judea, and begin to reach the uttermost parts of the nations with the gospel of the kingdom. Then just raise your hand and I'll pray for you just where you are. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, wonderful. That's beautiful. Jesus, when you hung on the cross, the darling of heaven hung on the cross. Jesus, you preached in three languages. Because above your head you are preaching to the nations. Jesus Christ, King of the Jews, three languages. While you hung on the cross, Jesus, would you open doors for everyone here tonight to have indicated to heaven they are willing to break camp with old mindsets, unbiblical mindsets, putting fear aside, believing for finances to come in miraculously because they don't want to sit this one out. Would you keep us all like Isaiah, looking up, staying passionately in love with you as the king's business requires haste. Father, would you help us all to live with eternity in mind. You said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Jesus, would you open up doors for people that have raised their hands? Would you open up doors into the nations, new nations, new islands, new continents to take the gospel and spread the gospel of the kingdom, because you said every nation must hear this gospel of the kingdom, and then the end will come, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.